Hey, uh, it's uh, Andrew Priestley. Welcome to Multiply Your Money. This is Season 2, Episode Number 7. Um, and had a really interesting, interesting chat with someone yesterday uh, about a friend of theirs who earns £200,000 a year and is broke. Right? Can you imagine? This is, this is really weird, right? J- just get this. If you go on to the Houses of Commons um, in the UK, right? I'm assuming you just stay with the UK. Uh, But you can do this for your country as well. But if you imagine you go on to the Houses of Commons uh, website, which is a government website, and you type in uh, business report, right? Um, You get up. I think it's about a 16-page report that they put out every year. And it's really a really basic business report for the politicians. So when they go into Parliament and they're talking about business, this is the report that the politicians will read to brief themselves on what's happening in the country. Okay, And one of the things it tells us is that the living wage that the UK government bases their planning on currently is... £27,600, right? So depending on the exchange rate, in the US that could be 32000 or 34000 or 35000 But the living wage, now this is the wage that they say that um, if you drop below that, you're living below the living wage standard. So that's 27600 right? So I'm talking to someone who earns... 10 times that, more than £200,000 a year. So here's, here's the deal. Most people in the UK right, are doing somewhere between, and I'm to, when I say most people, I'm talking about 80% of the population, have salary ranges around somewhere between £25,000 and £40,000 a year. right? Now, if you live in London, clearly you earn a lot more than that. You know you can if you're an exec in London, you can be you can be on a two hundred pound thousand pound salary. Is it the norm? Not really. Okay, the average is probably about in London about sixty to eighty thousand a year. Okay, the VAT threshold is eighty five thousand pounds. Now I talk to a lot of business people as a business coach. Okay, if you go to my website andrewpriestley.com, you can see what I do there. I'm a business coach, right? And I talk to a lot of people. And we know from the Houses of Commons business report that uh, 75% of businesses in the UK have revenues less than £300,000. And I just had a thought there. I want, to, I want you to notice if you're glazing over. Right? I'm talking money and numbers and stats. I just want you to pay attention. Are you starting to glaze over and go, yeah, get to the point, get to the point. This is the point. Right, what I'm telling you, uh, you know what I realise you may not want to, you may not need to hear this. I think you need to hear this because it's pretty important stuff, right? You may not need to. You might say, "What I want to know is X, Y, Z," but you're telling me stuff that is valuable. People pay me for this information, right? And it's invaluable. But if you really think about it, I want you to think: seventy-five percent of the five point seven million businesses in the UK 
So according to Companies House, there are 5.7 million businesses in the UK. 75% of those have revenues less than 300,000 turnover. Now in the States, it's about 500,000 US. Okay, 450, 500,000 US, right? 75%. Of which more than 80%, nearly 85% have revenues less than the VAT threshold. So that's an inordinate number of businesses have revenues less than 85,000. That's massive numbers, right? And the average is probably about 40,000. So I'm dealing with businesses that do you know forty to fifty thousand, you know thirty five to fifty five thousand, and they think they're doing okay, right? So I'm talking about an individual that's got two hundred thousand. He's on a salary of two hundred thousand pounds a year, and he's got no money, <laughs> right? That's the point I'm trying to make. This is a guy on two hundred thousand pounds who's got no money. Why? Because he spends more than he earns, and um. I was listening to a, a podcast by a guy in Australia called 2020 and he was talking about um, people who get on, he, he's in a, a like a manifesting law of attraction type website, right? It's really cool stuff. And um, he's talking about people who have got no money, right? And they've got a credit card and they came to him with an affirmation that they were going to draw on the money from their credit card as cash, take it as a, as a drawing off, off the credit card, uh, so that they could act as if they had money. <laughs> Do you get how crazy this is? Right? It's not hard. It really isn't hard, right? He was, t- he was saying the same thing that I'm talking about. This is craziness, right? You don't take money... You don't have to spend out of your credit card as cash and then walk around pretending you've got money. <laughs> That's not how it works, right? Uh, and he's a he's a big fanatic against doing affirmations. I have lots of money. I have lots of money, right? Because you're really affirming you don't, right? So this is... This is a, but I've got a guy who's doing 200,000. Please check out 2020. He's on a... Uh, if you search 2020 on Facebook, you'll find him, okay? Um, I think he's a, a Neville Goddard. He's a Neville Goddard uh, expert. If you don't know who Neville Goddard is, uh, Google him. He's interesting. So this guy's got two hundred thousand, and he's got no money. He's got no money, right? You know, I was I was asking the question: Are men? Did, did you know that in the early nineteen seventies, women could not get a loan or a credit card without their father or a husband giving permission or acting as their guarantor? Right now, that all changed with the introduction of laws like the Equal Pay and Sex Discrimination Acts of nineteen seventy five in, in the UK. Right. So the question is: Are men better at managing money? No, they're not. The ability to manage money is not gender specific. It's skills. It's a skill that both men and women should master, and it's a skill that both men and women get wrong. It's you know men get into debt as quickly and as easily as women do. They're not better at managing money, right? Managing money is a skill. It's a money managing skill, right? And you can develop it. But if I give you a credit card 
or a big salary, right, what happens is you override two very important psychological drives. One is impulse control, and the other is the ability to delay gratification. So, you know, impulse control is toilet training, right? We teach children that we can toilet train them. My grandson, for example, uh, he had nappies, and then he had day nappies, and then he had uh, uh, moisture pants like, you know, Kimbies. Um, and then he graduated into big boy pants, and big boy pants are normal underwear. But he, you know, he wet them a couple of times. But after that, he said no. Nah. So now he goes to bed without wearing a nappy. He doesn't wear a nappy anymore. Doesn't need to. So he's, he's got impulse control. If he needs to go to the toilet, he asks to go. Uh, if uh, you know, sometimes though we were on a train and it was a we were coming back from the football and he wanted to go to the toilet, but he he could hold on. So his ability to delay gratification is is in. He's learned how to toilet train himself, right? Uh, his ability to impulse control, to, uh, to control his impulse, to, to wet his pants, he's, he's mastered that. And and going to the toilet is gratifying. You know, you know, you know when you go to the if you go to the for a pee, you feel ah, oh, what a relief, <laughs> right? Especially if you're busting, right? But he's learned how to delay that. So delayed gratification and impulse control go together, right? Um, we teach kids about, you know, tidy room and then you can watch some television or do your homework and then you can watch some television. Or if you eat all your vegetables and your main meal, then you can have some dessert. Impulse control. But impulse control is I want it now and I don't want to wait. And we know about this because Stanford University conducted a landmark study in the 1960s and they sat a whole bunch of four-year-olds in a room with a marshmallow and a bell, and the experimenter said, if you can wait 15 minutes, you can have two marshmallows. But if you want one marshmallow right now, just ring the bell. And that's a tough challenge for a four-year-old. But here's what happened. A lot of kids rang the bell straight away and ate the lolly. And other kids resisted for a short time, and then they ate the marshmallow. But a lot of kids found ways to not eat the lolly. They, you know, impulse control, and they distracted themselves. They sang songs, so they looked away. And after what must have seemed like an eternity, 15 minutes, they got two marshmallows. Now, here's what they found. Those kids that were able to control their impulses 20 years later were consistently more successful in every endeavor of life than the kids that couldn't wait. Now, here's the thing. Those kids didn't know who they were in the sample. Only the researchers knew who were the kids who succeeded and didn't. The parents didn't even know, right? But when they did longitudinal studies, they found that the kids that could control their impulses were more successful than those kids that couldn't. It's called the marshmallow test. And this is culturally robust, meaning that it doesn't matter where you do this experiment on the planet, you get a similar result. Right, But a credit card is like saying, here's your marshmallow, don't wait, eat it now, you can pay for it later. Here's another one, eat it now, don't worry, right, eat it right way and pay for that later too. And then credit cards give you that power to let you have whatever you want right now. And that feels good. And most of us engage in retail therapy from time to time, right? But the science confirms it's hard to say no when it's incredibly easy to say yes. And, you know, if you're a comfort eater, for example, you've got to set up rituals because you know you're going to comfort eat, but you've got to set up rituals that you know that when you get in the proximity of cookies or lollies or treats, you've got to have a ritual that says, this is what I'm going to do in this situation, like I'm going to drink a glass of water first and wait 10 minutes. You've got to have that in place. Just like 
my grandson has learned if I want to go to the toilet, I'm going to wait until I get home or wait until Grandpa can take me to a toilet. Get the idea? When we went to the science museum, he was busting, but he wanted to look at the rockets. So he looked at the rockets, then we made a dash to the toilet, but he was able to hold out, right? So a wealth coach will look at how what you use your credit card for and how you use that money wisely, and hopefully you stay debt-free. But here's a guy on 200000 who can't do that, right? The message is clear that you've got to learn to delay your gratification and control your impulse to spend. Now, I like credit cards and I use them to pay off a range of things like fuel, train tickets, meals and so on, but I pay the balance when it falls due and so I take full advantage of 55 days interest-free credit and I've got great cash flow. But it only works because I pay off the credit card when it falls due and I don't spend up to the max and I not only pay off the interest but I pay off the principal as well. Right, But here's a guy who has got nothing to show. Yeah, he's got a house and a nice car, consumer goods, but he's got no cash. And if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I'm a big fan that you have at least three to six months worth of overheads in savings. He doesn't have that. So he's living on the edge constantly. Right, You want to have a listen to this a couple of times. Um, and go back and replay some of the season one. There's a lot of really good stuff where I really just go through the book. Season two is really me talking through some of those issues in greater detail. Hope that helps. But go back and look at season one and by all means replay season two. And if you want, there's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. If you search for Multiply Your Money on YouTube, you can find videos there. And there's a Facebook group called Multiply Your Money. Join that because there's a lot of really neat stuff in that too. Talk to you soon. Thank you.